Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Hallelujah. Amen. We thank God for what God is doing and how far God is bringing us. We thank him for his mercies. We bless his name for allowing us to, you know, for the church again to begin to reopen one step at a time. And his name forever be glorified in the name of Jesus Christ. We are still talking in, because there's, we would also lay emphasis on it at the time, that the gospel is not just a, a section. And we said it a couple of weeks ago when we went, he said, people say that the gospel is the ABC of Christianity. But the gospel is not the ABC of Christianity. The gospel is the A to Z of Christianity. And as we gather to begin to pray the implications of the gospel, we need to first of all understand what the, we've been trying to, to, to look at the implications of the gospel. But today, as we gather again on, on this area to begin to pray, we will just, you know, begin to also point out some implications. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7 to 9, the Bible says that we declare God's wisdom a mystery which has been hidden that God destined for our glory from the time beginning. The Bible says none of the rulers of this age understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, it's as it is written, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it come to the mind of, of, of as we consider the things that God has prepared for those who love. And he was saying that what he's talking about, you know, people will say, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, and people talk about, you know, what God has a stock for me, which is great. I'm not saying that is not important. People talk about, you know, oh, a new job, a new family, and things like that. Yes, but if you look at what Paul was talking about, he said that mystery, mystery is in the crucifixion of Christ. So we begin to see that now what I'm, where, where I am starting off from is that this is the, one of the major things in the Bible where the Bible says this is the mistake the devil did. Is that if he knew the implication of the death of Christ, he would have allowed Christ to live. Because the Bible would say when Jesus was crucified, the Bible would say that the devil steered up the hearts of the Pharisees to call for his death. You read that in John. So what I'm trying to say is that, so once the devil is now clear to the devil that this is the greatest mistake, then the opportunity he has going forward is to try to 
minimize the implication of the cross. Is to try to downplay it. And that is the only strategy that is available now. Because the deed has been done. The Bible says, if he knew, if he knew, he would not have done it. So as we begin to read on, we will begin to see that, you know, why is the cross so important? Why, what is, and we will begin to, because that is the gospel. Now, when you read the Bible, I was sharing this with someone, and, and we're talking about a couple of things, and you know, one of the challenge is that when people do not, there are different things in scriptures, but the scripture only has one message. You know, that's why at times I was thinking about, I felt that God was laying in my heart that, you know, when we're talking about the gospel, and, and God was saying that if you teach gift of the Spirit, and you do not lay emphasis on the gospel, you have not preached it tonight. Why? Because gift of the Spirit is from 1 Corinthians. I mean, that's what the gift of the Spirit is. Chapter 12, I mean, chapter 13 and things like that. That's why you have the gift of the Spirit. But what we have done is that 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is a paragraph in a letter. Do you get what I'm trying to So when I say, you know, when, I, when, when, when you talk about your food or how you eat, in a letter that contains, including um, you are looking for a job or what is or how you, you get what I'm saying? Important, I'm not saying that is not important. That is important because that's why you put it in the letter. But when I now discuss your letter and I now only emphasize on what you heard yesterday, you'll be saying, what is wrong with this person? So that is why when you now take first Corinthians and make a whole teaching on it, you have forgotten that you are teaching, you are taking extracts of a letter. Does that make sense? That's why they say the letter to the Corinthians. That's why Paul will start with, but you see that in all these letters, there is always an emphasis of the gospel. So what I'm trying to say is that, now Jesus was saying, and it's this, what we are talking about that is not new, because Jesus said in John chapter 5, verse 39, he said, you search the scriptures because you think they will give you eternal life. But the scriptures points to me. Please note that when Jesus is saying scriptures there, he was talking to the Jews. So they've not had the letter of Paul. So when he said the scriptures, what he's talking to them about is the whole testament. He said you search those scriptures. But those scriptures are only pointing to one person. That is Jesus. Luke, you see Jesus begin to talk about this quite a lot. Luke chapter 24, verse 25 to 27. He says, Then he said to them, You foolish people, you find it hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. 
Was it not clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering into his glory? What was he talking about? Is, is the gospel, the cross. He said, then Jesus took them through the writings of the most of Moses. So that means, what is the writing of Moses? The, the Bible, the, the Old Testament is divided into two or three. You can call it three or, or, or two. You have the five books of Moses. You have the major prophets and the minor prophets. So when Jesus was saying, when the Bible says it began to take them through, the five book of Moses is from Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. Um, then you go to the judges. Then you go to the prophets. And Jesus was saying that all through everything from Genesis, whatever you are reading in Genesis till is only referring to one person. So Jesus was saying to them that the Bible says it began to explain to them from all the scriptures concerning himself. You begin to see that when the Bible will begin to make introductions, especially when you read from Matthew and the rest, the Bible will keep saying, like something like in Matthew chapter 1, verse 22 and 23, it says, It took this took place that it may fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. Where did he get that from? Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. So he was saying to them, this is what so, what does fulfilling mean? Fulfilling means that that scripture, whatever you are reading in the whole testament, it is good, but it is not complete until Jesus is brought into the picture. When you read the Ten Commandments, it is great until you discover that you cannot fulfill it. Then that leads you to Jesus. If I read about the fall of Adam and how God said your seed will cross the head of the serpent, what does it do? It leads me to Jesus. If I talk about how Moses brought children of Israel out of Egypt, it leads me to Jesus because Jesus brought us out of slavery into his kingdom. And Jesus, Moses even said, a prophet shall arise that would, that would also be from among you. So when you begin, there is nothing you want to preach in the in in in, in the Bible that does not have a missing head. So when I, when you teach whatever it is that you whatever it is that you want to teach, you have only given and it has not brought people to, to the cross. Then that teaching is incomplete. That's what Jesus is saying. If I were to if I were to um, read David or is it Joseph that you want to talk about? The one that was sold by his people into Egypt to prepare a land for his people. Jesus was sold 
was rejected by the Jews so that the Gentiles can receive it. Everything you read through scriptures, God is only pointing the world to a specific issue. Remember that in the days of Israel, you read at times that the Bible talks about mixed multitude, people who followed them from Egypt. So that were, the Bible talks about the Ethiopians, the Bible talks about some other countries. Why did the Bible not talk? Why, why, why are they not included in, in scriptures? Why did the Bible not go to Egypt and Ethiopia and go and bring people and say? Because God, the scriptures, God is trying to trace a line for the redemption of humanity. So when you now read scripture and read it away from understanding the gospel, then you have not, what you have just read is not, you have not brought, you, God, God grant us grace. I hope we, 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 God will grant us more understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. You will see it again in Matthew chapter 2 verse 15. The Bible talks about, it talks about, it says, they stayed there until the death of Herod. So it was fulfilled. It was fulfilled what the Lord has said through the prophet. How I called my son. Out of this, I called my son. Who was the prophet? Hosea. Chapter 1, verse 1. Uh, chapter 11, verse 1. You will see it there. So, you begin to see that Jesus was saying, Can you not see that all you have been reading? That means from creation is only when people were sacrificing, when they were bringing sacrifice before God, asking for forgiveness, doing things, it is only a, a question mark pointing that you have a problem but there is a solution somewhere. That is why every other religion still stops at that. But they are pointing you that, you know, this is how far we can take you. But for you to move from A to B, there has to be something in that place. That is why you will see tradition that will say, you wash your face, you wash your hand, you wash your kidney, sorry, your, your legs, so as to wash away the sins. Because everybody acknowledges there is a problem. And all, everything is pointing to one person. That's why you can somebody from another and just easily come to Christ because they can hide the truth. Ah, yes, this is where this is what is this is the missing link. And so it only makes sense that the devil would want to shroud the missing link and give you opportunity to enjoy yourself at this side of the cross. And that was what God was talking No, you remember the people he was talking to were not Christians. That's why I said, this is what your prophets were talking about. This is what they were saying when they were identifying that there was sin within you. We can't, there is no way we can, when they say that kill animal, they are just saying to you that, see, it's there is a particular blood that is needed. There is a particular blood that is needed. 
and you begin to see it. I'm just going to skip scriptures to um, to to uh, let's go to Matthew chapter um, five verse seventeen. Matthew chapter five verse seventeen. He said, "Do you not think? Sorry, do, do not think that I have come to abolish the law and the prophets. I have come." I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So that means every one of them still has an opening. It's like apple, apple products, where there is a missing bite. There, you don't have apple <laughs> until you have that missing one in Saturday. So. You know, and Jesus would say, the reason, and this man that everybody is pointing to, is only pointing to one thing. He's saying, this is the only thing that you should please remember. That I died. John chapter 12, verse 27 and 28. The Bible says that, it says, my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it is for this very reason I have come to this hour. Another person will tell you, it is from this very reason that I came to the world. So Jesus is saying, all the, from history, from Genesis, from the beginning of ages, everybody has been waiting. That's why Jesus will say, the prophet has been expecting my day. We spoke about it some time ago, and I might not necessarily um, go into that, but when, when David was saying, you will not allow your servant to, to die in hell, he wasn't necessarily talking about the hen hell. We, we explained this at the time. So everyone that died in righteous, none of them could enter heaven. That's why when Jesus died, the, and he resurrected. The Bible says all the saints arose with him. Why? Because that is there is still a, a blockage somewhere. There is still a blockage somewhere. So Jesus was saying, all you need. So when you when, when people begin to ask Jesus about about different things, he will say, prove to us that you are God. Jesus will say. I will destroy this temple and raise it up in three days. What is he talking about? He's dead. Because that is the only sign that this is the savior of the world. And we have a song in the CNS for, I don't know if it's, if it's, if it's, um, um, if it's a CMS song that is the lips, it cross across. It says, Amiwole miofimo pewolupimo. Um, see, when we are asking for sign, I think that that song will say that, you know, what sign will I know? What is the mark the, uh, uh, that will lead me to, that will know that this is the best? You, you would think it's going to be somebody that will do miracle signs and wonder, all those kind of things. The Bible says, no, that song says, the evidence that you would see. Is covered. 
the, the next verse says that is there a crown? Yes, there is a crown on his head. But that crown is the crown touch. Basically, all God is saying, all you need to see is understand the gospel. I don't have the scriptures up here. You know the Bible says something? The Bible says that who did the Bible qualify as the greatest of all human beings that came? John the Baptist. Jesus says. He said, before he came, he said the greatest of all, that of all of those who came, was John the Baptist. But the Bible also says that the bomb, John the Baptist never performed the miracle. So how is it the greatest? Because he was the one that at least could come very close to the gospel. God, God will grant us grace in Jesus' name. Now, the gospel is, and we will begin to, I'm, I'm just trying to point you to, to, to just to, so when you see people from before, I, from Adam till Jesus, they are looking at the gospel. Those who are living after the cross, they are relying on the gospel. Does that make sense? Everybody before is looking at the cross. Everybody after is relying on the, on the cross. I'll give you the scriptures. I don't have a lot of Isaiah says, by his stripes we are healed. Do we get to that point? But when you read it afterwards, the Bible would say, I think it's um, uh, uh, is it first Peter. So the Bible would say that by His stripes you were healed. One is saying you are healed. One is saying you were healed, because one is saying that event happened in past tense. That is why at times you need to understand how the you see. If you don't understand, there is no complication really in the Bible. But if you don't understand the central message of the Bible, then you will be picking certain things and holding on to that and think that you are, you know, it, it's okay. David will say, which is right. I was born in iniquity. Because that's how far David could go. But if the apostles were going to talk about that, they would say, yes, I was born in the flesh, but now I am born in the spirit. Do you get what I'm saying? That's why when Jesus would be reading Bible, Jesus would read Isaiah, and he would say, he would say, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your heart. Because the, the scriptures are written in such a way 
And please, it's also for us to know, you know, God will grant us grace in Jesus' name. So, as we just quickly bring all this together a bit, is that the, so what I'm trying to, what I was trying to do for the last few minutes is to try to say to you that this is the essence, this is understanding this cannot be, cannot be, uh, you can't underplay it. Now, the Bible says, now, believing the salvation is, is beyond just only, you know, I, I, you know, people would say, which is not bad, really. But, you know, when we read things, we, you know, we, we, we have opportunity to understand it a little bit better. The Bible says that if you declare Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 to 10, the Bible says that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. For, for with your heart you believe and you are justified. With your mouth you profess your faith and are saved. I'm going to read that scriptures again from the Amplified. I'm going to read that scriptures again from the Amplified. Because at times, people would say, do you want to believe in Jesus? Yes. Can you, you know, say that Jesus is Lord and then you are saved, which is not bad. It is good, but the implications is more than that. So when we read Romans chapter 10, we read that again in the Amplified. The Bible says, because you acknowledge, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, recognizing his power, authority, and majesty as God, and you believe with your heart that, Jesus, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Verse 10 says, For with your heart, for with the heart a man, a, a person believes Christ is Christ as Savior, resulting in his justification, that is, is made righteous and being free from the guilt of sin and made acceptable to God. So that means that your faith is actually established in your heart. Do you get a chance? Your justification. Now, he now went ahead and said, and with the mouth, he acknowledges, confesses his faith openly, resulting in and confirming his salvation. What does this really mean? Is that in the days, in the Roman days, when Paul was writing this letter. There was something that they normally do. The Roman soldiers will be walking around and carrying a pot of incense. 
and they would say, declare that Caesar is Lord. That was what Paul was saying. So it is not just to come out and say, Jesus is Lord. It is good. But know that the implication of what you are saying actually goes far beyond that. There was a man called Polycarp. He was one of the early um, disciples. And he was, he, was, he was not too far from the time when, when Paul was writing this particular thing. You read about him. And basically what they said to him is, just put, because you have to take incense and pour it and say, you know, Caesar is Lord. And, and somebody was, one of the generals was saying to him that, you know, and this is a quote from the books that have different history write-ups. He said, what harm is there to say that Caesar is Lord? And they will say, no, Jesus. That's why Paul says, you, they will publicly confess that Jesus is Lord. So it is not coming out to your friends and saying, Jesus is Lord. <laughs> you know? It's good. And as a result of his refusal, he was arrested and his groups. And he was and you will see these Colossians that have been displayed today. There were places where Christians were killed. So what they do is that you see all, all these fires there. Those are Christians that are touched. They use them as light to light up the place. What is their offense? Their offense is one thing. They refuse to say Caesar is Lord. And this is somebody, you see a lot of drawings about him. This is him and all his, some of his, um, and the lion comes out and consumes them. When the, when the, um, the emperor was speaking to him, he was quoted to have said that you would, if, I say, he, said, he said, why would you want us to set you on fire? It's only a statement to say that Caesar is Lord. And he said, if my setting on fire that will only last an hour will make you know the pain that you will face in hell, and maybe you will be able, because of my agony, realize the pain that awaits you and ask God for forgiveness. And turn to Christ. So, you know, forget about burning me. You know, so, but, you know, most of all these things, when we when you begin to understand, you begin to understand why, you know, at times when we read scriptures, you just go, ah, declared, I declared, you are Lord, you are Lord of Lords, which is great. But for some people at the time, 
even till now in some countries, to declare Jesus as Lord, it is, it is dead sentence. I am not saying that we would... What I'm saying is that it is important that we also carry them in our hearts as we declare these things. As we declare these things. God grant us grace in Jesus' name. We are still talking about the implication of the gospel. Now, I will just move quickly to a part where I am going to just say that, you know, people have Let's go to Romans chapter 1 verse 15. He says that that is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. Now, what does this mean? In fact, let's go to 1 Corinthians so that I can just put, put those two together. 1 Corinthians chapter, and uh, yeah, we, we would just, he says, now brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel which I preached to you, which you received and on which you are taking a stand. Brothers and sisters, what does that mean? He's talking to Christians. So what am I trying to first of all establish is that the gospel is not only what brings you to Christ. It's not that I have heard about the gospel, then that is okay. He said that I am reminding you. So these are Christians. So the gospel is not only a message for Christians. Sorry. For unbelievers, it is that's why we say that Christ, the gospel is the A to Z of Christianity. And you begin to see as we begin to draw implications of the gospel. Now, Paul began to write that Paul said, By this you were saved, if you hold firmly to the word which I preach. Otherwise, your initial belief, when you first of all had the gospel, is in vain. Now, he now said, for what I received, I passed to you as of first importance. Then you now have what he, he classified as first importance. He said that Christ died for you according to the scriptures. That is why. Let's go on please. Okay, um, let's. Uh, I think we probably missed some. Okay, there is, that scripture says the. Um, let's go to previous one. The, the Bible says that Christ died for you according to the scriptures. Then, or the other part of that scripture, which I maybe verse four, will say that and resurrected. So the gospel has two faces. One, Christ died. The second. Christ resurrected. Now, these things have specific implications as we begin to draw the issues out of this. Now, if you go to that same scripture, chapter um, 12, you begin to see that Paul was saying, but if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead. How can some of you 
say there is no resurrection of the dead. That is within the church. There was teachings against resurrection of the dead. And Jesus, and so he said, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not even been then 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 not even Christ has been raised. Let's read on, please. I'm just going to I'm going to read this to you and I'm going to bring implications of what what is talking about. It. Please come in. Amen. Yeah. Now verse 17. He says, if Christ has not been raised from the dead, your faith is futile and you are still in sin. So, I will tell you one thing. We are still in the body of Christ teaching against resurrection. What Paul talked about here is still applicable within the body of Christ. Let me give you, let me try to explain it to you this way. When they, when they killed animals in the Old Testament, what did that blood do? He forgave their sins, as it were. But what did that animal not do? It did not resurrect. One thing the gospel does, it gives you, the gospel does two things. Please, can I just go to two slides after this, please, just quickly. Yeah, the gospel saves you and me from the condemnation of sin. That is the death of Christ. But it saves me also from the power of sin. That is resurrection. That the first one is the implication of his death. The second one is the implication of his resurrection. So that means that when I preach to you that Jesus has forgiven your sin, but tell you that I see there is nothing you can do. You are human. You cannot break out of that habit. What am I saying? Is that yes, Jesus died to wipe away your sin, but you are still in your sin. Because Christ did not resurrect. Does that make sense? That is why I'm saying that even in the body of Christ to today, where people would say that, you know, you don't even need to imagine it. You know, this life, you cannot live. I'm not saying that, see, and we will get them when we begin to talk about progression in developing yourself breaking away from certain habits. But what we are talking about is that when a man begins to say there are certain things that is impossible, what you are in invariably saying is that the resurrection of Christ never happened. Let's go back to that first Corinthians chapter 15 quickly, please. And that is why <coughs> so he said if Christ has not been raised, your faith is fruitful, and he said you are still in your service. You are still under the control of that thing. You it can only you can only wipe it away or ask God for forgiveness. 
but you are still under the control of that addiction. So Paul said, some of you are still saying resurrection never happened. See, you might be a Christian and say, ah, yeah, resurrection happened. No, but actually, if you understand the implications of what you are saying, you are also denying resurrection at the same time. In fact, this resurrection issue was very keen in the heart of the Holy Christians. That why you come to church, I know that some people will talk about the Roman part, the sunrise and the sun, Sunday, Monday, and things like that. But the reason why they called Sunday was it was the beginning of the week. So the reason why Christians chose to gather at the beginning of the week that is after Sabbath. Remember that those ones were early Christians. Jesus, because Jesus resurrected on Sunday morning. That is why Christians from the early days have, whatever you choose as the first day of the week, they have started to gather on the first day of the week. Why? Because they are reminding themselves that Jesus resurrected. So you're coming to church on a Sunday is it's just that ah oh, God help us all. Let's go next to Matthew, please. Oh, yeah. The Bible says early Sunday morning, as the as the new day was done, Mary Magdalene and others went out to visit the tomb. So it was early Sunday morning. So each time, so what the apostles say, how can we, how can we instill this in the mind of Christians that are coming? Is that Christ did not only die, he also resurrected. That is the foundation of the full gospel. A gospel that teaches that you are forgiven of your sins, but you can still live, you know, these things, you can't control it. That gospel is half. God help us in Jesus' name. That's why first Corinthians, again, that's first Corinthians, but let's go on. You will see first Corinthians chapter 15. Say, thank God who has given, who, gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. This thing was so, was so heavy in the heart of Paul in every of his writings that Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 14 says that I hope to come to you as soon and I'm writing to you these instructions. So that means that Paul is saying, this what I'm telling you now is not an advice. I am not advising you. I am giving you instructions. If I am delayed, that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself 
in the house of God. You would think that conducting yourself is <laughs> Maybe if you here, you know what you know, he's conducting yourself. But Paul is saying, how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the, the which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the foundation of truth. God help us. When you look at pillars and foundation, what, what do, those, do those things two things mean? They describe the dimension of the house or how the house is going to be. Does that make sense? I cannot build a stadium on this foundation. Because once the foundation is laid, it begins to pattern how that house is going to be built. The pillars of this house tells me the weight of what I can put on it. If I use the pillar of a normal house, a bungalow, and I want to build a skyscraper on the pillar of a bungalow, You are risking your life visiting, not even living, visiting that place. <laughs> so Paul is saying, so you need to understand how, because that is the foundation and the pillars of truth. Now, he now began to express it going forward. Let's, let's read on, please. Beyond all question, the mystery the mystery of which, from which true godliness springs forth. So that means the, this, the, the mystery by which we can progress and build and become more and more like Christ. That's why he said the spring of godliness comes from is great. He appeared in flesh and was vindicated by the Spirit, seen by the angel. We preach among nations and was believed, and was taken up in glory. What was talking about? The death and the resurrection of Jesus. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's read it, please. Chapter 4. Now, is we read up to the end of chapter 3. Chapter 4. He's still talking about how to conduct yourself. He said, the spirit, clearly, uh, the spirit clearly says in the later times that some will abandon the faith. The faith and follow deceiving spirits, which things which are taught by demons. He said, such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose conscience have been snared with hell. Please, if I ask you, what is a demonic teaching in the church? <coughs> See, I believe there are some teachings that, we, we, that, are, 
that are not even, you know, Paul does not even expect them to be taught about in church. So there are some teachings that Paul will not give ideas to. So you get what I'm saying? There are so many things that is like, that's what Paul was talking about. I don't say these things should not be even had. So I will not even entertain or do justice because those conversations are even, but that is the conversations we are struggling with. Where a pastor will say, you know, there is nothing bad with at least if you have oh, um, uh, one girlfriend, at least you are faithful to that one. You know, that one is not, <laughs> it's not. Paul can never qualify that one as teachings of demons. You know, he just he doesn't even know where that teaching comes from. You know, those teachings that you are still wondering, where did that one come from? You get what I'm trying to say? But you begin to see, he said, what are these teachings of, of demons? Forbidding people to marry. Order to um, order order them to abstain from certain foods, which creates which which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Is your mind going somewhere? <laughs> Amen. Ah, uh, God Hallelujah. Is if you eat certain food, they will take the Holy Spirit away from the body. Wearing your prayer gown to bed is a sign of holiness. Have you not heard it before? That is why some people would know that one day when they take away their prayer gown, they can do. I don't do because they have they have struggled through that that three days of wearing prayer gown. That is where you begin to see people who would say that I cannot fight in this in this uh, garment as soon as I take it off. But that thing is good; it can only last for long because one day that person will forget that is putting on something and begin to. Gradually, I have witnessed it to work. When leader of service begins to address from, <laughs> from in, the, in the chambers <laughs> of God, as I swear. <laughs> because those things are not, why, why did Paul, why, why, why would Paul use his heavy words to describe these things because the devil is trying to cover your eyes away from the freedom you can get from what Christ did. It may sound good, but your faith is already stayed on something. And please note, let me just lay emphasis. He says here, to those who believe. So that means that if you are not in Christ and you want to say there are certain things I cannot do, you will just do, you will be on your own. Does this make sense to us? You may be warned about a particle for your own, but it's not that your salvation 
and your sanctification is hanged on that. That also is not... That doesn't say that you live a life that is immoral. That's not what we're talking about here. But when your salvation is tied to how many angles you can face on a daily basis. You know, I've seen people who would say that you know, genuinely, genuinely, somebody asks you to pray and they give you, they say, oh, God sent you, there's an angel, whatever, whatever, and you forget. And so, I've seen people who have said, I can't pray. Why? Because I forgot the name of the name. Because they mean, that is where, what, where Paul addresses those issues, he addresses them as doctrines of demons. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You know, after you see your Bible, you go, ah! Hey, by your. I have been in these teachings for long. Amen. Hallelujah. God help us in Jesus' name. We're talking about implications. Implications. Being a CRS member is not a certificate of heaven. You are a citizen of heaven, then you can be a CRS member. It's as if to say that you're not a human being because you don't live in Nigeria. <laughs> Amen. God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. But you can be more useful in Nigeria because of um, maybe you you know your 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 you have the resilience to work in that kind of environment. You are gifted in that way. Do you get what I'm trying to say? But that doesn't mean that because you relocate from Nigeria to somewhere, you have now lost your salvation. I don't know what to do with this, but God help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Where am I? So God help us in Jesus' name. So, you will see that Paul, became, when you go to Galatians again, you begin to see that Paul begins to talk about these things. Where Paul says, Oh, you foolish Galatians. Who bewitched you? So what he's saying is that Paul is saying for you to begin to move away from your understanding of the gospel, you are already working under his bed. There are some courses that people need to break. <laughs> because as far as Paul is concerned, for somebody to begin, he said, before he said, he said, all oh, you food generations, who, who bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. Before your very eyes, I explained these things to you, how these things affect your life. But later you are not saying that, you know, oh, I must do this. Because one of those things in those days was circumcision. Oh, if I'm not circumcised, ah, my, I can't enter you. May God grant us grace and understanding in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Amen. So let us. Um, so what, what, what we are talking about is the implications of the cross. We are praying the implications of the cross. 
as we uh, Romans chapter 6 19 to 14 sorry 19 to 14 sorry he says he says we are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again death no longer has power over him that is description about Jesus so when he died, we still talking about Jesus. When he died, he died once to break. He died once to break the power of sin. Now he says, "But now, but now he lives on. Now, so but now, so but now that he lives." He lives for the glory of Christ. So all those descriptions is trying to lay foundations for the um, is trying to lay foundations about Christ. Is trying to lay foundations about Christ. And that's where now this is the where I feel it's interested as we begin to draw this. He says. So, you should also consider yourself. So, he's saying from verse 9, and this is where we begin to say, from verse 9, he said, we are sure. So, that means we have read it. And we know that we are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead. He will never die again. Death no longer has power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now he lives and he lives for the glory of God. So, you also should consider yourself. What he's saying is that there is a truth about the death of Christ. But now, you now need to begin to consider yourself as to be dead to the power of sin and alive through Christ Jesus. Let's read on this. He said, do not let. So that means that when he says do not let, that means, it's, that's why he started off by saying, this is what Jesus did. This is the power that Jesus, this is what Jesus did when he died. Now, by your, begin to think, consider yourself. He now said, after considering it, do not let. That means that there are certain things I can refuse as long as I can consider myself in line with Christ. He said, do not let sin control um, let sin control the ways you live. Do not give in. Please, not this scripture. Do not give in. That means that it's not that I will not come. He said, do not give in to the desires of the soul of, of to the to the sinful desires. Let not your part of your body become an instrument to serve the evil sin. 
Instead, give yourself completely to God. For you were dead. For you were dead. But now you have a new life. So, use your whole body as an instrument to God. Sin is no longer your master. So that means there is a time in a human life that you can do whatever, you can go to all sorts of um, programs to help you. The devil has one lovely way. He will promote you to another one. You know, you can say that um, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, sleeping around with women or whatever it is, is bad. So you repent and you try to do some one or two things. So the devil says, okay, yes, he has left that one. Let us look for, let's give him pornography. Nobody can see. There was a time I was speaking to some pastors in my uni days then. I said, some of you here are not sleeping with girls in church only because you don't want to be caught. So what you're doing is that you're watching porn and satisfying yourself in other ways. What has the devil done? He has just given them a place where you can feel comfortable. He says, says, you don't have, but the bottom line, Paul wrote, this is the connection, let's go previous one, please. The connecting word here is so you should consider yourselves. If I don't consider myself as dead with Christ, the death of Christ will only be a theory that I can read and understand. I can even tell you from my head that when Jesus goes to Golgotha, he met this person, oh, he met that person, and this like that. It is still theory until the day that I totally surrender myself. Romans chapter 8, just quickly. Romans Romans chapter 8. Just let's There's so much. Let's just go to verse 12. Verse 12, please. He says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do your sinful urges as you, as you, urges, you um, sorry, as nature urges you to do. You have no obligation. Have you had people who say that? I had no choice. I just, you know, it is, it is just, I just have to do it. No, he said, you have no obligation. That obligation is cancelled. Initially, you had no choice. But now, you don't have an, may God grant us grace in Jesus' name. He says, he says, with the nature, the, the simple nature urges you. For if you, if if you live by its dictates, you will die. But through the power of the spirit, you uh, of, of the spirit you put to death the deeds of the sinful world. 
you know, when you now read, this is the scripture that we normally, we normally read the scripture before passing left, before it says, therefore. We say, how many of us have had the scripture before? The spirit of God, the spirit in the spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give you life in your mortal bodies by the same spirit living in you. How many of us have had that scripture before? If the spirit that raised Christ from the dead, I'm reading on that, uh, uh, King James Version, dwells in your mortal body, it shall quicken it. It is great, but most of the time we use it for healing. Yeah. We use it for. Uh, but actually, in the context of what Paul is saying, that if that spirit is in you, then it can quick, it can energize your mortal bodies to walk away from certain habits. That's what he's saying. But you can say how much we. The devil has helped us to water down, water it down, water it down. People say, ah, keep the spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Do what we did in your mother's body. Oh, you begin to speak in tongues. Hallelujah. At this, I go to the At this, ah, God of mercy. Ah! Which is great. Ah, the leg is moving. Stand up, stand up, stand up. He's, he's standing up from his wheelchair. But he is. He is tied properly in sin. How much more will it be that as he breaks the chain over his, his mortal body and he steps out in faith of his wheelchair? You know that's. The God grant us grace in Jesus' name. So, because I find when you now read scriptures, I've, I've been doing this, you know, read scriptures that you have read. You now go and read context. Like, ah, maybe not. He <laughs> says that. He says. He says. Okay, let's just read it. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. Okay. Amen. He says, and Christ, and and Christ lives in you. So even your bodies will die because of sin. But the Spirit gives lives because you have made. Because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives, lives, lives in you just as Christ is raised from the dead. He will give your mortal bodies this same, this same living Spirit living within you. Let's read on, please. Therefore, Therefore, brothers and sisters, so what it saying is that this spirit is inside of you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, you don't have an obligation. May God grant us grace in this. And this is what we are going to do as we, as we gather to pray. We, you cannot finish implications of the gospel. There is so much implication that come out of it. That is why Paul will keep teaching the gospel even to Christians because the implication of it is far greater. Like we read that scripture, it is right. You can tell people the spirit of God is in you and cause them to... I, God has helped me to see it where I prayed for somebody who was in trance and I said, if the spirit of Christ that is in you 
tubules within your mortal body, and that sickness left. But that is why the gospel cannot be, the gospel is ever expanding. The more you understand the gospel, the more you are empowered. Now, the Bible says, let's go to the last scripture, please. Corinthians. It says, every time, every time we eat, sorry, every time we, sorry, every time you eat this bread and this cup, you are announcing the death of Christ until he comes again. That means the communion table. That is why Jesus would say, keep doing this. That is why they would say that, you know, let's meet on Sunday. Because we are declaring that Jesus died, took away the condemnation of sin, but he also resurrected so that I might discover the power. That's why Paul will talk about the power of his resurrection. He says, so any of you who eats and drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily, I've explained this before. He did not say you are unworthy. He said you have Drink, drank it unworthily. Or another person will say, you drank it without recognizing. There are so many people that come forward. You may not have a particular sin in you that you are conscious about, but you have approached it, not understanding the implications of the cross. That's what Paul was saying. You take it in an unworthy manner. You don't realize that it not only cleanses your condemnation, but it actually gives you the opportunity to break away from sin. I believe if I'm struggling with a sin, if I approach the temple communion, understanding what this is, it releases the life of God inside of me to walk away. If you are approaching the communion table because you think you are righteous to approach it, then actually you have approached it in an unworthy manner. But what do we teach? We tell people, if you are sure that you have not sinned this week, if you are sure that you are perfect, oh yeah, come and take. And Paul said they are approaching the table in an unworthy manner. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.